sides of the story Two sides of the story Two sides of the story With Tom and Sean Welcome to Two Sides of the Story. That is Tom Sides. That is Sean Sides. What's happening, good buddy? Well, we have a very special episode coming up featuring Devon from the 894 podcast. Earth 894 podcast, sorry. I misspoke for a second there, but I'm back now. You spoke a lot, actually. His name's Devon, for one. He's I was just doing that to fuck with Tom. Sorry, Devon. We, we, it's all good. He has this whole thing going that we're polite Canadians. And now you're just going to be like, you got my fucking show wrong. I got my fucking name <laughs> wrong. You know what? I'm done with these Canucks. Hey, it's just Sean. Like, oh, I have a hard good. time with scripted stuff sometimes. I like to run on the fly. So I'll mix numbers up, words up. Tom loves it. <laughs> so welcome to the show, Devin Stone of the Earth 894 Podcast. Nailed it. What's up, guys? Happy to be here. Thanks for uh, the very kind Canadian um, invitation to be on your pod. Longtime <laughs> listener, first time caller. Uh, excited to be here. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, man. We're so happy to finally get at least like half of your. Uh, show on like uh, you know me i'm a big louie guy oh my god <laughs> that's funny uh, yeah the the give and take that louie and i have like uh, i was actually messaging him the other day about how we should have our other spinoff p- podcast between me and him called north american I was, variants i was literally about to ask when's the uh, the tom sides louie tonarini podcast happening because <laughs> sign me up that's funny uh, that guy's a cartoon character and he has a direct line to my fucking funny bone he just gets it and like you you should see it when the the few times i was lucky enough to guess on earth earth 894 every single time like i'm making a point that louis clearly disagrees with about the marvel cinematic universe he'll just like shake his head at you in complete silence so no one knows that like he's making you break because it's an audio podcast and like he's just there going like, I know that this is complete silence right now, but I'm just making, like, disappointed faces at Sean and Devin, just, but, like, in silence, and that's what Louis does to us while we're talking. That's funny. He's very good at that. <clears throat> very good. So, uh, so Devin... Sorry, you uh, go ahead, got Tom. something there, Tom? You go. No, you go ahead. You, this, I was just going to ask, like, you. obviously, you know, you met Tom through the podcasting world, like, yeah. now I have started to form a friendship and stuff like that, but it... it I'm curious, like, what got you into podcasting? How did it come about, like, for you? What was the inspiration behind you wanting to do it and where that road's taken you now? Yeah, uh, so I've always been a big radio guy, mainly because, like, growing up, especially in Chicago and everything, a lot of good radio stations, eh, back then at least, um, my dad would always throw on just, like, sports radio talk, a lot of AM radio stuff and all that fun uh, stuff in the car. So it really kind of like got me used to like talk shows. Nice. And so, um, I was really fortunate where the high school that me and Louie went to, um, it's kind of on the outskirts of like Chicago versus suburbs. It's like the perfect mix. Um, but they had an actual FM radio station, uh, as part of the high school. So it was called WRG 889 FM. And you can actually still hear some of my like on air voice tags doing like station IDs and everything from like 2012. Nice. Literally a decade old because they haven't updated shit. That's Um, funny. (laughs) But yeah, so like I got to do radio for four years. I became like a DJ to 
music director where I got to work with like labels who send us music, which was really cool. Um, and then eventually became a station manager and everything and then graduated. But I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do at the time. Yeah. I almost went to college for broadcasting and like actually radio, but heard from professionals like, hey, don't do it. Um, so eventually just after college and everything, I've always still had like an itch. Like I really want to get back into something like that. And podcasting was always on my list. And then one thing led to another, Louis finally got into podcasting. And then I kind of tried to scoop him and recruit him to be my co-host because I wanted to talk about something geeky. Yeah. And, uh, Marvel was like what he actually got me into. He got me into the MCU in the early days of uh, phase one in high school. Okay. So it felt very fitting to try and get him. And he and I were just like shooting the shit all the time about stuff like that. And then, you know, one thing led to another and Earth 894 was born. Nice. How many years so, deep yeah, are you guys in Earth 894? Uh, we'll be going on two years in, I want to say, February? Nice. We started, yeah, we started right at the end of WandaVision, beginning of Winter and the Falcon, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Okay. Um, around that time. So it's, yeah, somewhere between there. That's awesome. Which feels so weird to believe. Yeah, starting 2020. It's crazy. Like, you know, me and Tom obviously both had an interest in podcasting, which led us to this, yeah. you know, our, our platform here. But it's crazy how much fun it is and how good it feels. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, after you have a good podcast, I'm sure you can relate. It's like, it pumps you up. It pumps your day up a little bit, you know? Oh, yeah. Can you tell me the story of, like, how you met Louie? Well, kids, uh, to get to that story of how I met Louie, I had to go way back to when we were at this bar. <laughs> it's a terrible Bob Saget impression, but I like it. I, I try. Um, I get. I can do a very good Jar Jar Binks now, <laughs> which you'll find out eventually why. I can't wait. <laughs> um, but so Louie and I met, uh, it was my, was it my junior year of high school or sophomore year? I think it was my junior. Yeah, it was my. Okay, so flashback to 2011 ish. Uh, so I was in uh, this literature class in junior year of high school. And so Louis was in the same class as me. And I think he came in like the second semester with that teacher or whatever. Uh, he was actually a year ahead of me. So he was a senior, I was a junior. Um, although we are literally born days apart, same year, 94. So <laughs> um, I was held back in preschool. That's why. It's important for the story. Fair enough, fair um, enough. <clears throat> right but essentially yeah just kind of met and so one thing that's kind of unique about both louis and i we both don't drink don't smoke nothing like that so if you're familiar with like the the lifestyle term straight edge um that was something that he and i both actually identified with and one day we were just like in a our little like breakout groups in the class and i think i mentioned that i was straight edge and louis like just how you, you know he makes those faces right he was like across from my desk not in my group a separate group and all of a sudden he's like you're straight edge what you know what that is and he he knew about it from uh i forget the wrestler's name who's straight edge cm um, punk cm punk yes another chicago rapper yeah, from chicago yeah i'm not a wrestling guy so i apologize <laughs> neither um, am i i don't know how anybody we never is. talk about it <laughs> uh, we never talk about it on our podcast or i try to convince sean to get into wrestling i never it never happens it's a fleeting effort that's nice. for sure just wait. Well, uh, I'm going to take you to one wrestling show. It's going to change your fucking life, buddy. I highly doubt it, but I will entertain the opportunity to try something new just for shits and giggles. Why not? 
<laughs> hey, this guy got me to actually watch a non-J.J. Abrams Star Trek movie. Yeah, that's impressive. I can't, my, wait. I can't yeah. wait to talk to you about that. I've been, I've been dying to dying. talk about this, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the greatest messages I got from Devin was just like, just so I understand, is Spock not in the Picard era? And I have to go, actually, he happens to be. Great pair of episodes where Spock is involved. Yeah. And then, it, like, I just went, it's one of the greatest, like, two-part episodes of uh, Star Trek TNG there is. And then I'm pretty sure that he just took that information and went, oh, okay, cool, I can move on with my life. I went and watched those two episodes going, I haven't seen those in a minute. I'm going to go watch that shit. That's funny. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm curious to like hear your take on that movie. Like we're talking about Star Trek First Contact, just so everybody knows what the hell we're talking mm-hmm. about. But Tom challenged Devin to watch it to give us something to discuss. I, he's not the only one. I I just go on other podcasts and just tell them to watch Star Trek First Contact because that to me is the movie to turn someone into a Trekkie. I do like. I brought this point up to Tom. It it's great in a lot of ways, but there's also a couple like disservices to longtime characters in that movie where you're like what the fuck is happening right now so you're fully developed by that time and that is a point that you brought up to me that i never even thought of because like we'll use data for example you see data as a robot that's capable of emotion throughout the whole series he doesn't have that this emotion chip that he can just turn on and off that is not a thing no it's only to the movies right yeah, and so it so, kind of makes Data look like a fucking douchebag, in my opinion, because he's like willing to betray everyone because some creepy, weird robot chick is trying to like touch his skin, and you're like, "Who is this guy? Like, what the hell? Like, what?" It kind of like ruins that character if you haven't seen the whole seven seasons before that. It like, just you makes never it made weird. a questionable decision because some broad got you all horned up there, Sean. Easy does it, Tiger. Just saying. Hey, he had he had a plan. He was playing. <laughs> he was playing like you know, twelve D chess, and uh, that's the hope. But <laughs> so, so I don't know. So Devin, I'm dying to know thoughts, feelings. Break it down. How did you feel about first contact? Uh, first contact. So, just to preface where I am in like Star Trek beforehand. Like I said, I only watched the first Star Trek from uh, Abrams. Uh, I tried. I tried like so many times to like actually watch. Uh, is it Into Darkness? That's basically the Wrath of Khan. Yeah. Uh, everything. So I I just can't get into it. Just I I start movies when I'm tired, thinking, oh, I'll finally sit down and do it. Then I'm just slumped within like the first ten minutes. Um, but my dad was actually pretty big into Star Trek, and he's also the one who got me into Star Wars. So I was growing up in a household that wasn't like, oh, it's this one or the other one. You're like exiled from the family, you know, disowned. Um, so I just, I just never really got into it, but I was familiar. So I knew like who Picard was and everything. I was like familiar with like enterprise and just like the little things, very, very surface level. Um, so it was easy for me to kind of follow along with without asking like, who is this? Why is this? What is that? Why is like, you know, for sure. if I was like totally on the blue. Um, so it was kind of, it was pretty cool, but, uh, I did have a good time. I must say. I did have a good time because it was cool seeing the mystery side of things and it was definitely more sci-fi because of it. Uh, where like, you know, Star Wars, you they kind of do stuff like that in the Clone Wars with like a little kind of like a hive infestation or if you ever played Galactic uh, or uh, Republic Commando, that Xbox game, mm-hmm. they had a little bit of a spooky side on the ship too. 
Right. So I was like, ooh, this is nice. Um, but it was cool. I liked how it was all just kind of interwoven. And I was going to ask, too, like, I know that there's movies. I know there's seasons and television and everything. So I wasn't sure, like, was this movie a TV movie at the time of its release? Or was it actually theatrical? Or Theatrical. Paramount. It came gotcha. out. Like, I remember when the trailer came out, when the, it was, like, the Star Trek logo out as a Borg ship. And mm-hmm. that's all you got. That was the teaser uh, for it. And you're yeah. just like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm fucking down. And, like, I'm... This is 1997, and I'm seven year old Thomas. Is going, I know what's happening. I can't wait. I actually went yeah, to it, see it cool. in Toronto. I was visiting my sister, and in the theater in mm. Toronto, they had like a, I want to say, 50 foot Starship Enterprise hanging from the ceiling during its release. Like it was a big deal at the time. Mm. Wow. But yeah, there was a. Do you remember that arcade game that was a, an actual like shooter, and it was you're shooting Borgs? Yeah, it's they the had PS9 my... game, I'm pretty sure. I never played yeah, that one, in my movie to be theater honest. It's not really PS9, cool. uh, Voyager. It's Star Trek Voyager. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. It used to scare me. Um, if you ever come to Chicago, either of you, so there's this arcade that's literally like 15 minute, 20, 18 minutes away from where Louie lives, maybe 25 from me. It's called the Galloping Ghost Arcade in Brookfield, Brookfield, Illinois. I'm pretty sure, I always forget, I'm pretty sure it's the world's largest cabinet arcade in the world cool duh um but literally you pay 25 bucks it's all you can play free play there's over like a thousand cabinet games that's cool and i'm not even talking just like yeah just like random stuff i mean they have like og record setting games so every time you go to an arcade game there's usually this little like almost like a business card on top of it yeah and it'll tell you like who the high score is when it was made then i'll tell you the like the high score on that machine uh you're playing on and like 70% 70% of the time, it's the world record was set on what you're playing on, too. So it's so cool. And I'll tell you, like, oh, all this awesome. little fun stuff. But, yeah, and they take care of it so well. That's Like, neat. there's games that, like, yeah, they had, like, a Star Wars uh, arcade game, too, that was, like, limited to, like, 50 from Japan from, like, the 80s that they have, like, pristine condition. And I'm pretty sure they have uh, this, a couple of Star Trek games there, too. Um, but, yeah, you got to check it out. It's so much fun. And then they even have a separate building down the block just for their pinball machines and everything too and it's it's a good time that's pretty neat is it like historic like has it been around since the day uh i don't know how long it's been around but i know it's like a staple because they've literally have um bought more and more real estate especially post-covid too like they were just expanding so much to taking over this entire block essentially but there's it's just it's just so cool yeah check it out uh the guy who runs it and owns it he literally looks like uh i forgot his name all the time um uh shaggy from the live action james gunn movies he literally looks yeah. like him matthew lillard yeah, yeah matthew lillard yeah he looks like him with black hair a little bit more grungy nicest sick. guy ever <laughs> yeah it's so cool check it out but it's it's cool um but yeah i'm pretty sure they have the star trek game there so that's, that's why awesome. i thought about it too so do you um when you went into it, like you're not like obviously the biggest Star Trek fan, but you are a sci-fi fi- a fan. Like, mm-hmm. did I did I undersell it at all or oversell it at all when I went like it is a space mm-hmm. time travel zombie movie? No, I don't think you oversold it at all because it, I mean, I was more curious with the like the the zombie side because it was Borgs and like I said, that game as a kid made me get kind of spooked out by Borgs. So I was like, oh, when they come in, 
when they when they gonna show up? Yeah, um, they are terrifying. So really cool. right? Like the idea of a mindless yeah. entity who's trying to like make you join their collect. It's pretty like freaky. Yeah, it is, and they so they only have to literally make any contact with you at all right and you get turned pretty much they have the, like, like a ventricles cut, like a virus. that come out of them that like stick in you but yeah like any if you get yeah. within distance within any range of them they can hit you with it yeah because that's the only part i was a little confused because i saw a couple scenes where they actually did the two which made sense but then like picard was just like don't if they touch you you're done he and meant you know, like they'll if, they, if they can touch you they can grab uh-huh. you but it's like it's uh it's like you know, like it's just bad news bears just to be in that kind of range. Yeah, yeah you're gonna be SOL. Yeah, especially because you can't like do much against them, like their personal shields and stuff like that. Once they're used to right getting shot from your phaser, they're you're done. There's no defending against them. I actually actually had this question for you, Sean, because I didn't know this. Because you know that scene where Worf just like grabs that sword. It's a little and confusing. They can't yeah. adapt to that, could they? I don't think so necessarily. Like they're more anticipating energy weapons, so the shield is energy based, so it's to prevent energy weapons from coming at you. So they're not necessarily like that's the, their design. I'm sure there's potentially other drones of different times that were not expecting mm-hmm. energy weapons, but the personal shield is to deflect energy weapons. I can say that. Okay. So I had a question like about the- that. You, you figure the Klingons would be able to like take on the Borg, no problem. It'd be a good fight, or the Herosian, or something like that from uh, Voyager. Sorry, we're just rambling on about species now that make no, no sense you're good. to you. But yeah. so, do you happen to notice uh, Adam Scott from Parks and Recreation in First Contact? He has the second best line in the movie. He was in it. He is in it. I imagine he, he died pretty fast. Like he was he, a. He lives. He did. He? So where do you see him? So he's at the beginning of the movie uh-huh. when Worf is on his uh, little ship. Tough okay, little remind ship. me, which one is Worf again? The Klingon. The, with names. with the ridges on his forehead. Okay, he's the, the civilized Klingon. Yeah, so he gotcha. uh, he says, set course for rubbing speed. And then someone, his ensign goes, there's another ship coming in. It's the Enterprise. That's Adam Scott. Oh, shit. I got to look that up again. Yeah. I, I did not even catch that. I did see, like, you know, you get a very young uh, Viola Davis, which I thought was yep. pretty cool. Um, and then I can't remember. The guy who basically is responsible for the, like, human civilization making first contact. Yeah, he's um, in a lot of stuff. He's in a lot yeah. of Star Trek. Like, that actor alone? Yeah. Yeah, a little bit in, here and there. <laughs> well, he's in, like, so he looks familiar, but I didn't know what he was. He's in every, I think he's in every series except for the OG. I got to look it up. Um, but actually, like that. if we could, I had a couple, I did have one question, which, um, I thought was probably one of the most intriguing parts of the movie was, was literally the beginning where you see that creepy, like memory from Picard where he's in a gigantic Borg high or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was like, Whoa, that was spooky. Um, so how did he manage to actually get turned, be part of them and then survive? Like what's the, what's the, so, the background so what happens in season three? End of season uh, three, right. start of season four. <clears throat> so this is where they interact with the Borg. So it, it, it's their like second second meeting with the Borg, right? Yeah. So let me just like quickly give a little background before, prior to that. 
So there's an entity named Q who's like an omnipotent being, like a god, basically. He takes mm. the Enterprise, like snaps his fingers and sends the Enterprise into Borg space to show them like what humans are getting themselves into by exploring the galaxy, that there's like these serious bad scary things out there and so that's the first like incarnation where we see them where we're like oh my god like how are you going to defeat this enemy and then comes uh best of both worlds is the two-part episode where you kind of like see the borg and tom go ahead well like it 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 was this like epic battle like because they come in so i was looking something i won't lie to you sean i was looking something up for devin uh while you were talking so i don't know where you stopped okay i was just basically saying like this is how they first interacted with the borg and then comes the best of both worlds where he interacts with the borg and like that i was leaving you to tell the story of how picard ends up in the situation so in order to defeat the Borg, they kind of have to go on their ship because they can only only be defeated kind of internally you're forgetting though the part where he got assimilated well, yeah, but no, but that's he was how he assimilated. assimilated. Yeah, he, he ends up getting captured by the Borg mm-hmm. and assimilated because he, <laughs> being a, a starship captain in the Federation, he has all the codes and everything that you need right. in his head. So they can kind of weasel in. Yeah, and then he becomes Lacutus of Borg, and it is fr- like it's just hmm. it's a good it's what Star Trek TNG and I think DS Nine and. Uh, uh, Voyager did this as well is they used to end every season on like the craziest cliffhanger so we mm-hmm. we end season 3 Picard is now a Borg and then we have to go months with going what the what fuck happened? is happening to my captain he basically turns uh-huh. a corner and you see this side of his face and then he turns this way and he's got like implants and shit on his face so it was like a huge don't moment don't think that shot again what's that sorry in, uh, first contact I think they didn't they show that same. Yeah, yeah, like, they totally did. And, yeah, yeah, because I remember that, um, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, also, I was totally wrong. Uh, it wasn't Viola Davis. It was uh, uh, Alfred Woodard. Yeah, I, I was always get them, those two that. confused. Yeah, yeah, uh, I make that same mistake all the time. She's the one that uh, kind of starts the Sokovia Accords for. Uh, yeah. Uh, yep. For Tony Stark in Civil War. Yep. Uh, but she's amazing in it. This, uh, the first best line: Do you get chills when they, when, uh, when Picard's kind of losing it because he doesn't want to give up the Enterprise, and he goes, "The line must be drawn here, this far, no further." Like, fuck. Yeah. Tom says that line weird. at least once every three podcasts that we do together. I would say almost. Is it fair I, to say this is your favorite Star Trek movie? Oh, uh, hands down. Like, gotcha. Insurrection, I think, is underrated. It, for mm-hmm. me, if I'm going just TNGs, it's First Contact, Insurrection, Generations, and Nemesis. There's a lot of Star Trek movies when you actually take a step back and look. You know, like all the old yeah. ones with Kirk, all the Picard ones, and all the J.J. Abrams, too. It's it's a lot. I will say, though, those titles you just r- like rattled off, they definitely sound like metal albums. I could see <laughs> they that. They sound very metal, like Nemesis, <laughs> if like Annihilate or whatever. And you know what? Know who's in Nemesis is um, uh, Bane. What's his name? Tom Hardy. Yeah. Oh, no way. He plays young Picard. Ah, that's pretty cool. Which is great because if you ever see that movie with uh, Tom Hardy and Chris Pine where they're chasing after uh, Reese Witherspoon, Mm -hmm. 
like you're just like, oh look, it's Picard and fucking Kirk just like Galvan mm. trying to get all the women's. Nice. <laughs> That's funny. No, what back to like the two parter of of uh, Next Generation. Following that, they do like another episode, the Borg of like him getting back to being human from being the machine. Mm-hmm. And that's one of like the best episodes in all of Star Trek, in my humble opinion. Wow. So it's like, it's a really turning point for that series too, when this all happens, the idea that, and it also bleeds into some of the other series as well, because you got to remember like when they, they meet at a battle called Wolf 359 and the Borg cube just fucking rips through the Federation because of Picard, because they took mm-hmm. all the information from his brain and then used it as a weapon against the Federation. And so there's like la- layers of animosity against Picard by other people because he's the one who did all- did the deed, even though he was out of right. his control. Like it's, it's an interesting concept of like evil overtaking you and you doing deeds for evil that you don't intend to do. Sounds a lot like Civil War. <laughs> yeah. I'm not yeah. going to lie to you, man. Star Trek is yeah. really fucking metal. If you really yeah. like look at and it is some of the best like written stories that like I've ever like I've ever had in sci-fi. Like right now I'm going through Stargate right now and I'm having a time. Mm-hmm. But like there's a lot of stuff that I'm watching going like that was a TNG episode. That was a yeah. TNG episode. And it's just like you only steal from like the great stuff, right? And like maybe they're not stealing or they're trying to do your best like to be creative but like there is some awesome stuff that 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 happens in tng that's just or like an entire season of voyager where they're hiding from this or race of aliens that all they want to do is hunt and kill you Hmm. the herogen they're fucking they're metal as fuck or just any of the klingon episodes any of the klingon episodes is just it is fucking metal what they have to do in like that warrior code of being Klingon like really means and how they go from enemies to an alliance is unreal. It's, it's and there's there's some really good stories that'll make you just like they'll like they stick in your heart and then there's some where you're just like, Holy fuck, how is this happening? Like Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like good science fiction stories in Star Trek and that's what I like to sh- share with people. Some sometimes my starting point is not first contact at all. But first contact has like some of the lore, some a- some great action scenes, some good production value. So it's like a great starting mm-hmm. point for sure. But there's other well, the reason places I to use, start. The reason I use it, Sean, is because I feel because it answers the que- like Devin's question of how did he get captured. Now we answered it for him, but like the best answer is to watch it for yourself. Like, oh yeah, you go to mm-hmm. like if you just want to have a fun two parter episode, you go to the go to netflix and you watch that at the finale of season three and the season four uh premiere and then you go oh and then like if and then if you go from there then then maybe you go you know another episode or another episode it's important yeah. to go at least one more <laughs> it's your gateway like yeah. that, that's why i like that like because yeah. the beautiful thing about tng is that it's episodic so like yes there's like a, a grand scheme of things but you can just hop in whenever the fuck you want and you're not like lost. No. And that's the truth. Like whether you watch episode one where you have to learn the characters, you kind of have to do that at any point, whether it's the first episode or like you can just jump in and jump out for sure. And there's like, 
to warn anyone, if you start on season one, you're going to be like, oh my god, this is really fucking hard to watch. But there's so many endearing qualities, and that's why you don't start on season one. If we're telling someone now in the future, if you're in 1988 or 87 and you're just, okay, it's probably not bad. But today in 2022, it's not that good. I'm sorry. But it's fucking cheesy as fuck. It's really rough at that's times. Fine. Especially because, like, they were trying to do, like, some throwbacks to the original series that don't translate as well now. But there's, like, so mm. much. And even, like, with the original series, it's set in the six, like, filmed in the 60s. So you have that, like, tough. But it's important to watch, too. You know, there's so much good science fiction and good storytelling and all of it and if you love marvel if you love star wars if you love stargate star trek you can probably love any of the others as well because there's well, gonna also, be good stories i'm sure i told you that endgame is essentially an episode of ds9 yeah you've said this yes to me yeah well to you but i think i said too. this to you uh, uh to Devin as well yeah. that that episode with the frivols where the Somehow the cast of DS9 goes back in time, and then they're on the the trouble with tr- uh, Tribbles with, on the set of the OG. So like they're living in the past thing. So when you see everyone in the past, like, and then if you ask Kevin Feige, he'll be like, "No, I'm a gigantic fucking Star Trek fan." Nice. Yeah. I uh, so there was a little story I was going to share with you guys because like giving my like history with Star Trek, uh, a little unorthodox. So. Everyone knew that I love Star Wars, you know, to death and everything. Maybe a little bit less to say versus other fandoms right now. Um, but during my undergrad, uh, the fraternity I was in, we had the idea to start this new, like, kind of like game every year where we play a big game of tag all year long, uh, where it ends at the, uh, we call it Sweethearts Ball. So it's basically like our, you know, gala event at the end of the year, usually around like spring, uh, April time where we hand out, like, brother awards, like, volunteer of the year, blah, blah, blah. But the brother of the year award is, like, the the highlight final award then done for the night, right? So that's when the award is given. That's when the game of tag ends. So if you're it, you get, you, you lose. Um, and the retribution is the rest of the chapter gets to pick your nickname, um, which we already have nicknames, probably like the other thing we do, but that was, like, our little, like, here's a fun thing we'll do. Um, so... The first year we play it, I ended up becoming it because I won Brother of the Year and I had no idea who was it. I thought it was someone else. Turns out the guy handing out the award was it. And so when I went to shake his hand, he slaps me, goes, you're it, then shakes my hand and then everyone was like, that was when I was actually the end of the game. So on a technicality, I lost. Um, But the reason I bring it up, the nickname, no one could think of like a good one at first. They were like this, that, this, that, whatever. I was like, I don't care what you guys call me. It'll be fun. It'll be funny. I don't care. So someone <laughs> came up with the idea, and it stuck. They called me Spock, comma, from Star Wars, right? So that was uh, the nickname. So there's a lot of photos, and I'll have to dig one up if I can find one. But whenever we took, like, group photos and stuff, people would do this, uh, do the actual Live Long and Prosper. Nice. Yeah. It's kind of like a way to troll and everything. So they did that. Um, and then there was a... Uh, uh, one of the people who was uh, like a faculty on campus who's also a brother in the fraternity. Um, he's a huge Star Trek fan. And so you're talking about Tribbles. I remember him talking about them and stuff. But uh, he knew about the whole nickname thing too. So he would call me Khan. He'd be like, Khan. 
Khan. Nice. <laughs> and just he would comment on everything. He'd just be like, Khan. Just a troll too. So like I somehow got these like nicknames that are like a, a series I've never watched. Um, so it's kind of interesting when Spock shows up and I see him like, oh my God, I know. And That's then cool. um, one time, and this is where I'll end the Spock story. Same guy who tagged me to be it. I went with him and uh, uh, Jeff, who's in my band. Uh, the guitarist we went to a show in michigan years ago and i was trying to find the guys in the like the large festival crowd and everything and so i texted call and no one's picking up and then uh the guy chris newman he just goes look up and i'm looking literally a sea of a thousand people right i look up trying to see it and all i see is a big hand like that all up in the air and i was like I know where they're at now <laughs> and it worked and i immediately just followed the spot can found them and then they laughed their ass off they're like it worked that's funny i love that, I, I, yeah. I love that. that makes me really happy right it's a good you time you mentioned your band you want to tell us a little bit about your band what do you call yeah. what do you play yeah so we play uh gospel choir blues anthemic rock in e flat now um, i love that big fan <laughs> sounds sounds amazing yeah <laughs> Oh, it sounds terrible, but it sounds great for tone deaf. <laughs> uh, no, so I play bass in a band called Wolf Road, and so we kind of are like a heavier pop punk band. If you're familiar with like the the genre easy core, it's kind of what that is. So like bands like Day to Remember is kind of what we sound the most like, um, where we do heavy stuff. Then we also do like poppy rock things. So it's kind of a mix. Are you um, familiar with the band Alexis on Fire? They're Canadian, but I'm sure they made yeah, their way. Yeah, I think we talked about it because, like, Dallas Green, I'm a big City and Color fan. Yeah, so their metal band, like, I've, <clears throat> I, I've listened to your latest EP, and uh, I really enjoyed Thanks, it. Man. It brought me back to, like, my metal days when Heck a yeah. younger Thomas would go to Slipknot shows and just fucking <laughs> wail about in the mosh pit. Oh, yeah. Um, I just, like, where do you guys derive your inspiration from when you're doing that kind of music? Like, Mm-hmm. You seem like the most. Ju- if, if I've known you like before, I knew about your band, and it, I would never guess that you're capable of such loud <laughs> and angry music. That That's and nice. I mean that as a compliment. Like, please don't misunderstand. It's just no, you're, you're like the, you're this like happy-go-lucky Marvel fan <laughs> that I'm buddies with, and then just like also I do this project. Sometimes I sometimes I have angst. That's funny. That's my. That's my secret, Tom. I'm always angsty. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Appreciate it. Uh, so we are all kind of a mix. Like, we all were in different bands beforehand. And, like, Jeff, um, so he and I met in college. And we're in the fraternity, so he's a guitarist. I used to be a guitarist. Uh, but then I was like, yo, man, you, do you guys need a need a bassist? And then that's how he introduced me to the rest of the guys. And I'm now a bass player. Um, but all of us are, like, into the same kind of music. But, like... Uh, like Jeff was learned classical music first on guitar and then kind of branched out. He's a huge My Chemical Romance fan, his favorite band of all time. So he pulls a lot of like his inspiration from them and like that kind of genre. Hmm. Um, our vocalist, uh, Chris, him and our drummer, they're brothers. And so they have a lot of similar music tastes for like our drummer. He's into the, probably the heaviest of all the music compared to all of us. Um, so he gets a lot of that kind of inspiration, especially on the drums, because he's a just a mastermind on c- composition and everything. And then uh, Chris, our singer, he grew up a lot on like Ben Sevenfold and kind of like eighties rock too from like parents. I think all of us did too. So like we all kind of draw inspirations, but like what was most unique about the new record, uh, Bloom and Disconnect, 
that had a lot of songs we've actually written like together from scratch where their first record uh nowhere around you a lot of the guys wrote it all while they were still in high school so like a lot of those songs i was learning to play when i first joined and everything so this is like a kind of newer phase of us trying to learn how to be better songwriters because the guy we worked with um his name's lee albrecht and so he's a super super fucking talented guitarist does a lot of like writing for big name bands too and you find his credits and it's crazy and he's the same age as me so like 28 ish and just blows my mind how talented he is but he's a more of like a metalcore guy and so we're like one of the more unique pop punk bands he works with because he's more on the metal side in his studio and everything um but he taught us more on like how to actually write better just from vocals to lyrics to uh guitars everything and so it's like when we write something yeah it's like how do we want people to feel in this moment because you gotta remember you're writing music for listeners not writing music for musicians right and sometimes it's like you can kind of get caught up in that um so answer your question yeah we pull from all over the place that's awesome um quick question where can people find your music yeah so we're pretty much everywhere you know spotify apple music uh youtube if you just look up wolf road but we spell it as in rd not r-o-a-d yeah uh for the actual street abbreviation you can find us and so uh yeah tom was actually telling me (laughs) just before we started recording about your band and i was like oh cool like uh, i i Metal and me had a certain like Twilight and the Sun together, but I'm excited mm-hmm. to like have a connection to you know knowing you now. I can go check out this oh, music thanks, and it'll be interesting yeah. to like hear what you guys bring to the table. I'm excited. Yeah, dude, it's so much fun and like uh, I think I kind of glossed over my interest too. Like I used to be in a lot more like heavy bands in high school. They weren't good at all. Um, I never got anywhere show ready. Um, so that's why I was like so happy that Wolfrode has seen the success that it has. Uh, but like, I've always been into like really heavy stuff, um, metal to metal core to death core to everything like that under the sun, especially when I was more angsty in high school. But then as I got older, I got a little bit more into just lighter stuff. Like, you know, comparison for you, Tom, like going from Alexis on fire to straight city in color to then kind of just everything in between. But um i listen to a lot of just soundtracks and like calm music instrumentals because my yeah. adhd brain needs to focus so like my spotify wrapped if you guys like check yours out all the time um my like top five artists were han zimmer michael giacchino john williams um alan silvestri and then one band so it's just funny it's like you know you ask me what i pull from literally i listen to soundtracks and like yeah. i think about it that way too because like for example um if you, I don't know how much you pay attention to like scores and movie and everything, but like quite a bit actually. Yeah, and like a lot of people kind of gloss over like how much goes into it. And there's a really great podcast if you want to check it out called um, the Soundtrack Show by David Collins. So he's uh, worked with Lucasfilm since pretty much college. Uh, nicest guy ever, but he's just breaks down. Why is it that John Williams chooses these notes for the theme to Indiana Jones, right? Dun 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 dun, you gotta think about it. Dun dun dun, you go into a pitfall. Dun 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 dun, but you get back up. Dun dun dun, and then the adventure continues. Like he breaks it down to that scale that it's like, holy shit. And you listen to these movies and everything and just really takes you away. Um so that's how I kinda like try and think of like inspiration. That's I think interesting. It's a lot yeah, like, like how I do it. You get knocked down, but you get up again, and then they're yeah. never going to keep you down. Yeah. 
exactly i love that joke i I don't i don't even care if that bombed that is one of my favorite things that you got to bring to the table i appreciated the joke (laughs) it was a good uh, attempt tom i don't need you sean fuck you (laughs) it felt good to like not give you that like uh uh, how how the turntables when all of a sudden i bring all the dumb jokes (laughs) to the table i've taught you Um, well my young cousin um so what about uh touring how you guys uh now that you've released the ep are you gonna have a bunch of shows lined up or how's that work for you especially like you're a man that works yeah yeah dude, it, it's it's not easy too because like um we've been trying to figure out like doing actually like weekend run tours so you know play maybe like a thursday to a sunday night or a friday to sunday yeah. um because a lot of the people even when we play around with that are local in our scene are like the same age as us a lot of people with day jobs um so it's not the same kind of like scene it used to be just with how crazy things are now um and how hard it is to to like really break out as a musician so we're trying to plan a little bit more for 2023 to get actually out on the road and uh, at least hit up like the east coast that's where we've been told is to really uh be a prime area for like our genre and mm-hmm. the the scenes are usually pretty good um the furthest we've played so far has been um lancaster pennsylvania because there's a really cool music conference we go to out there that's literally like kind of like uh you do panels with like industry professionals in the morning and then uh once like early afternoon until the late night there's bands playing all across like this uh in the hotel that's connected to this convention center bars down the block like it's all over the place it's really great um so we were fortunate to play uh twice there and the last time was one of the biggest crowds we've ever played um because they gave us a really gigantic has ballroom to play for so it was a good time and i slipped on my ass and it was great um right. i'll show you that video it's pretty funny actually um <laughs> but yeah so pretty much we only have uh one thing left for the year we're going to be playing uh, a headliner that's like an ep release show in uh december 10th in chicago if anyone's around um that's but awesome, yeah it's gonna dude. be a good time yeah it's we've we've been procrastinating uh, we've been practicing pretty hard not procrastinating um just working on like elevating and upgrading our like live sound with equipment to just performance wise and everything. And so it's, it's really, really cool. So hopefully we'll uh, be able to play a little bit more outside of uh, the Midwest soon. So now that you've, like you said, all the songs that you recorded for the EP were songs that were already done by the band earlier. So like, it's kind of like perfecting them, right? Is that, did I understand that correctly? Yeah, it is a mix of perfection, too, because, like, that's why we really liked working with uh, Lee to help us produce, because it's like, for example, I'll give you a little sneak peek. Uh, I'll show you what the original version of the song I sent you way down. I'll send you the original version before the studio, and you'll see how different it was. Um, And that's really to say, like, how much we've learned to actually change and be able to, like, spice it up a bit, um, because we've also been doing these little, like, weekend uh studio sessions throughout 2022 with lee too so we've got like i think four four and a half new songs too that we're just just working on and we have one that sounds like we're the 1975 we have one song that sounds like we are uh silverstein like we have all this crazy stuff now um so it's it's yeah it's so much fun and so like being into that like i guess the way to describe it now is now that we are kind of more experienced with actually writing and playing like we understand what we enjoy and what we want to do now it's more so like how do you actually execute to make it 
from your brain onto, you know, actually being heard by others. And so it's been really, really fun. Um, these doing like these writing sessions, um, because we literally go in nothing prepared. We have maybe just an idea, a little, like a little four chord riff or something. And then we leave, uh, the weekend with an entirely, uh, demoed song, um, that, pretty much almost sounds like it's good to go that's but, really cool to have like all yeah, of you it's, guys it's so collaborating cool. like that it must be really rewarding to see your like craft come together right yeah it's it's really fun because like you know sometimes like this is why i saw a lot of like my old bands fail was a lot of egos in the way where usually someone's like no i'm the only one who can write the lyrics this is my voice and it, you run into that a lot unfortunately and it's it can really just destroy everything because it's like well are we even having fun because yeah. you know it's anything you look at i mean just podcasting being a musician or whatever your craft is it can sometimes be like kind of uh at a point where you feel like where does it no longer feel like fun enjoyable passion and it just becomes like daunting mundane and like business like right like corporatized um yeah. we're not like you're, like why are we actually doing this thing again like why did we get into this yeah and the so that's why it's fuzzy like, for sure yeah and so that's why it's been good for us to do these things. We're just, we're not, we have no plan to release these. We're not on any tight deadlines. We're doing this to expand and, you know, eventually we'll throw them on whatever feels appropriate. If it's a full album, is it just a single to kill time and add space between things? Like it, it's good. There's no pressure and it makes it really fun. Cause then it's like, Hey, let's just try something we've never done before. Cause even if we don't release it, it's, it's good. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's been really fun. Some of the greatest bands in history started out that way by just coming together as musicians and trying to put out like the band. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but that's like, they were all amazing musicians. They all brought something Mm -hmm. to the table. They just sat down in a house together and were like, let's make some, some music. And you know, it just grew from that. Right. It's so much fun. Yeah. It's like the old saying too. Like, how do you get to Carnegie hall? Practice. Mm -hmm. Like that's all it is. Like you, you seem you are the kind of guy that perfects at his craft. Like, I, like, like I know how much work you actually put into your, to your podcast alone. Like, your Thanks, editing, man. your music, your 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 everything that you do. I know that you have this level of perfectionism too. And like it, it, like you see it when you do the pod. When I hear your podcast, like I've I've been lucky enough to guest on it what three times now. Um. I never heard those episodes because it's bad enough I hear my own voice when I do this podcast. I should but, listen. Uh, you sound great. <laughs> but the, the the ones that you do with Louis or when you have guests on, it's a fantastic show, and I love your insights to the MCU and I and like your your craftsmanship, your your little bit of uh, bits that you can throw in, like the, the sound bites you throw in nowadays. It's you 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 become such a master of your craft. Like that's one of these things that I've loved about our little uh podcast community is like mm-hmm. the reaching out we do and just like hey man you're doing this really well like how do we how do we do that like how do, like like how does that work and like a big reason we're on riverside right now actually a hundred percent of the reason we're on riverside right now is because of Devin. i'm pretty sure he got a little bit of a kickback when i signed up because i used his uh, uh invite to it but like but honestly, like this has been a dream come true since we switched over from like we used to record over Zoom and then Oh, like, I feel that, you man. Yeah. It's so much better how we're doing things now. And then like I 
the and Devin's also the kind of guy like when I have a question, like he's the first one I'm gonna go to. Yeah, man, like we're doing this, we're struggling with that. Thoughts, questions, or I need to. I'm in the market for like headphones. Intellectual properties are so valuable. Sometimes <laughs> when you're talking about a couple of goons like me and Tom, we're like, I don't know, you know, and that's appreciated for sure. Behind the scenes, having someone that you know Tom can bounce ideas off as well. He's been just raving about you forever. Like he's like, oh, oh my, my god. god, you'll never believe I met this guy. He's so like, honestly, it's your funny. impression of me, fucking terrible. It was, it was okay. just a never loose once. impression. Oh my god, I've never once sounded like that in my uh, entire life. You get pretty excited sometimes. You can't I hear yourself. When Devin Stone is on the subject, yeah. I do not sound like that, Sean. He's, let's just say he's giving you lots of love, is all. And I was using that excitement level in my impression of Tom. They're not my actual impression of Tom. My actual impression <laughs> of Tom like a, is on Your me. impression of me sounds like an elephant when he sees a mouse. Oh my goodness, it's a mouse. <laughs> it's because you're so theatrical. Oh my. Well, I, uh, I mean... I don't know, man. I, I get all blushy because, you know, you're so damn nice. Uh, so really, you know, it's awesome. But, like, it's echo the same sentiment, man. It's like we talk about you probably more than <laughs> talking about me and Louis, that is. Probably talk about you more than we do with <laughs> Marvel sometimes. Um, and, Sean, we definitely have to give you on ASAP. Yeah, it'd be fun for um, sure. Yeah. I'm not um, nearly as knowledgeable as Tom when it comes to Marvel. Yeah, who but cares? I'll enjoy it. I love Marvel. There's things I can We're maybe We're here for add. the conversation, man. We're just here for the combo. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and that's what it is too, and that's why you say yes to fucking everything. And fuck yeah, like, like like shout out to all the like our little community, like Nerdos, Lights Camera Rant, Two Girls One Multiverse, uh, Stark Wars, like all of these people. Like like the first show I guessed it on was Stark Wars. Just like I just reached out to them. I heard a few of their episodes. And I just went, like, you guys are really cool. Like I don't like I don't know how to do this, but like if you ever need a guest, like <laughs> I like Marvel, I like Star Wars. <laughs> Dude, all it is is just a message. Yeah. Yeah. It's simple as that. And people kind of underestimate it. And I met Devin through their show. Or remember that game show they did, like the trivia night that they did? Devin fucking won the whole thing. I brought shame to our dojo. (laughs) Couldn't get a single answer right. Devin answering questions like Darth Maul's brother's name. That's what we always talk about. (laughs) That's funny. Louis said Darth Paul. He was texting me like. Uh, as the episode was going but you know there was a, a stream delay so like we'd already be like p- way past question but his answers would come in and i had to try so hard not to laugh because he was texting he's like what is darth paul's brother name he says darth paul and i just <laughs> lost my fucking mind it's That's so awesome. funny um but yeah man i uh what were you gonna say oh it's just uh, it's just it's a great community yeah, yeah it's man, fun I, i've been on the outside looking in like i listened to tom's first appearance on your guys's show but his voice oh, sounded like such shit. I was like, what the, f- what are you doing, Tom? What are you doing right now? I'm just joking. It was pretty good though. But like, it gave me a nice flavor of your guys' show too. Right. And I, I mm-hmm. often find myself trying to listen to podcasts to kind of disappear. And I've put on a couple yeah. of your podcasts and just kind of like disappeared. And you're very factual and very knowledgeable as well. Oh, about thanks, these man. things, And it brings a lot to the table. You know what I mean? Wow, man. Thank you. I appreciate it on the factual side because sometimes I feel like I'm a total jackass just like talking out of my ass sometimes. No, you sound pretty professional, um, dude. It's cool like thanks. having these um, other examples of what me and Tom are doing as well too, you know, like just getting on talking about things we love about it. It's refreshing mm-hmm. that he was able to connect with you and like now that you're able to appear on our show and have someone like to bounce ideas off and just like yeah. the idea that you watch star trek first contact and then you know came on and right. give us a little starting point it's just fun to tom 
loves being enthusiastic about things and wants to share what he's enthusiastic about with tell. others. And I, I have enhanced that. his enthusiasm about Star Trek a hundredfold since we started this show. And it's it's fun to get excited about things. Well, yeah. see, the thing is, is that like no one in my life likes Star Trek the way Sean does. Mm. And and so like I've had like yeah I've had like a buddy or two along the way that like enjoyed Star Star Trek but like like to the point where like they will talk to me about theories or like you know <laughs> yep. this one or like <laughs> can we talk about this episode or like or if I rewatch anything for fun I can be like yo I just rewatched this and Sean's like yes you did and let's fucking talk about it because yeah. that was one of my favorites for some reason and then we we get into this thing and it when when you are passionate about something and then someone is equally passionate about that thing it is it's addictive it's like yeah it's so you, good you have it, it great you have that with the mcu you see it you, you hear about it you hear it in every episode you do there there has not been like that's why i love your show I, I I love your show because the passion and the love for something is there. It's not the it's not what you're spouting about the MCU. It's how you're spouting it. It's mm-hmm. it, it, and it's great and like I love. It's that funny you because the opinions things. are like on point. You know what I mean? Like if you are unsure about certain things in the MCU and you want to know, check out Earth Eight Nine Four, and you're gonna get some <laughs> like legit. Like honestly, it legitimizes the information for a layman like myself where I don't know as much or I don't see as much. I'm like, tune in. I'm like, Oh, like, and that's something of value for sure. You know, you know, I have to, I have to really give a lot of that credit to like what you just said though, to Louis. Cause Louis, he, that's why I love just, I love Louis for a million reasons, but like, this is one of the things I love the most. Like what you're talking about, Tom, like having a community or like being able to talk to someone who shares the same interests as you. Like I grew up that same way where like, didn't really have as many people, at least like in my geographic sense, who were like into the same stuff that I was. And still to this day, it's like a little bit different. So like why I sought out like communities, right? Communities are so important. I love yeah. Reddit. I like the first thing I do when a new episode or a new movie drops, I go to the, the discussion thread because I want to see what people are saying. That's why I love the podcast because you get to talk to people about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I'm so hyper-focused on something sometimes where it comes a little too uh, like unproductive you know you get you reach a threshold but um so like i'm really self-aware with a lot of things um from like when i research like what are people saying about this what is the current state of blah 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 you know marvel related whatever it might be but louis he some he doesn't like tune in as much as i do so like when you get hit a lot of his takes that's like pure raw like actually just like you know what this is what i'm thinking it's not like any type of like bias or influence from anything else. And that's why I love so much. Cause like, it's good to have like an actual raw is the way to describe it, but like yeah, actually I know what you're saying, or, for sure. Yeah. Like organic. Yeah. And that's yeah. why I like you guys to like talk about your stuff too. And it's great. But like when you have like, even just, I don't know, maybe even sports talk or just something that sounds so robotic or it's programmatic where, hello, I had this opinion on this. Yes. That's a good idea. I a hundred percent agree. That's exact same thing. Blah, 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 blah. Like, I don't want to talk. I don't want to listen to the people just talk about the same shit who like, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Like, I know, agree with you. That it makes sense. It's lame. good to have diversity. And that's yeah. what I also like about whenever I have a conversation <laughs> with Devin is that like me, he's a bit of a dreamer and a, and a he has an imagination. Like my, my nickname, my, my Wang the Conqueror or Wong, I fucking love that being, theory so much. Wong being a Kang variant came from just talking to him. And it was just, 
the conversation, like, it wasn't like something I had written down and I'm going to be like, I'm going to bring this point up. I was just, because we were talking about how things are going, then in my head I go, I'm going to share this fucking thought that I have right now. And he was just, he took the ball and just ran with it. I think I've mentioned it almost every episode since you've been on. I don't think there's been a single episode where I haven't mentioned Wayne the Conqueror because of that. (laughs) I legit, like... Uh, Louie and I will probably talk about this at some point, maybe record it, but like, you know, highlights from 2022. One of the things I'm so like, my favorite moments, Marvel anything, is literally the Wayne the Conqueror theory. I fucking love it so much. I, I just love it. It's made its way through multiple, multiple podcasts. Like, it has been mentioned on, I think it's been mentioned on Nerdos. It's been mentioned on, and like, we're not e- like, we're not even on it, but I hear about it. Fucking uh, Lee from Lights Camera Rant brings it up a bunch of times i love it, it I makes love that so much he's talked to me about it several times it's funny it's like, like a me, board it's not as impactful but like i just gotta I, hear it I, once could be it's, funny. Mind. It's, it's such a dumb theory it's so like i went on star wars and i explained myself to uh to mike uh on star wars and going like i know that this is a dumb theory i know that it's probably wrong but it just brings me so much joy to talk it, about because of how cartoonishly fun it is i want to get it made as a shirt <laughs> no joke i want it permission i i hope you it'll be a co-thing it'll be a co a co-branded thing if we brand it but like i just i just in general i want artwork of uh wayne the conqueror because of that because it's yeah. so funny you know we that go we, 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 in the kang suit going to quantum media wearing the wayne the conqueror shirt going to kang dynasty that avengers movie wayne the conqueror going to secret wars King's probably dead. Still wearing it. I'm sure you get some the for sure. Yeah, people are gonna be like, "What the hell is that?" But it's a conversation starter, especially with your when you're with MCU fans, because it's something worth talking about. With the fact that you're realizing, like, we're in Phase Wong of the MCU right now. He's in literally all of the things. And one thing we know about Kang is Kang is fucking everywhere. Mm-hmm. So if there are variants, and what I saw from Loki is that not all the variants have to look like the one that we know. Yeah. True. Okay? They can exactly. look different. So what's to stop Kang, who is a, a buff black dude that wears a purple and green suit, who's to say that his variant isn't a, a, an Asian magician? It's the Laser. wonderful part about things like the MCU they can go a billion different directions and then turn the corner in the very next movie and give you something yeah. completely different. We've had a lot of like, they do a lot of fan service, but there's also mm-hmm. the opportunity to be like, let's go this direction and mess with everybody and then bring oh, us like back. Oh, the of it all, right? I love And now we know we're getting them. Being no. played by Sasha Baron Cohen. Like the whole time I'm watching WandaVision, I think like, this goes back yeah. to when we first started the podcast, Sean. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, Sean, I've been watching, like, I've been seeing these things on the internet. Like, there's going to be, like, an introduction to this devil character called Mephisto, and it's going to happen. I think he's the bunny rabbit, or I think he's this Ralph character that we keep hearing about. It, we're, eventually, we're going to find out about Mephisto. Then he never <clears throat> fucking showed. We get Ralph Bonard, and, and we think. Just... And then you think he's in the first episode of Loki because that little girl points to the stained glass, and it's the devil. And they're like, yeah. oh, shit. Oh, shit. And then it's not. It's just because the Loki horn on, like, Sylvie's yeah. thing. Well, maybe. 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 Yeah. So, like, yeah, Mephisto Watch has been happening for, like, the last, like, two, three years. I love it, and man. And here we are. Like, like I don't guys... even know. Like, 
is, he's being introduced in Armor Wars or the uh, uh, Ironheart? Ironheart, yeah, he's supposed to be because the whole premise of the show is supposedly supposed to be like science versus magic, which I think is cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, well, where uh, I come from, they're one and the same. <laughs> what I was gonna ask you. Um, Very interesting. Have you guys ever have you ever had that feeling of like? You know, you know, you know, like you can only experience something for the first time once in your life, right? Is there yes. something you've always wished, like if you could, like erase that memory, go back and experience, like what would it be? Because I would hundred percent, not top of my list, but if I had like a options, I would hundred percent be able to go back and do Wandavision all over again from week to week because I loved <laughs> speculation. It was so crazy, but that's what I love. I live for. I love the wild stuff in between. Before we get into it, I have to confess I haven't finished WandaVision. I only watched the first two episodes or maybe two and a half. So I do have to go back and I'll get to experience that for the first time. It's such a loaded question, though, of what we could experience for the first time. It might be Stargate for me. If I could erase it from my brain, if we're talking just a TV show, I might want to watch that again for the first time. That's pretty cool. I'm watching that for the very first time. And I hope if you watched it for the first time now, you would agree with me that Michael Shanks is the most handsome man in the world and should not be playing <laughs> the character that he's playing. I've been on this kick for like three, four episodes now. Of just this guy is way too handsome for the part that he's playing. Damn. Uh, like, because well, what's his name? Uh, the actor that played him in the movie, um, David Spade. No, sorry, James no. Spader. James Spader. Thank you, James oh. Spader. James Spader is a man. Like, you can... He's just a guy, and there's nothing jacked about him, and he came in, like, being, like, a fumbling buffoon. Like, he actually, like, played this role the way it is. Michael Shanks shows up just being handsome as fuck, wearing... The only thing nerdy about him is that he wears glasses, and then sometimes, sometimes, he'll sneeze, and then he'll get a look from Jack O'Neill. But that's it. That That is the only thing. I'm very... I, I'm, it hasn't happened yet, but if there's ever a, sh- a scene where Michael Shanks takes off his shirt, that dude is a fucking hottie with a body, and I'm dying on this hill. It's going to get worse for you as you go. You're going to find him hotter and hotter as the series goes on, which is the really funny part. It's really going to make you question your sexuality. <laughs> oh, fuck, it already has. <laughs> I hope that Michael Shanks hears this someday, somehow, maybe in a reel somewhere, and is like, thanks, guys. <laughs> have you ever looked to see if he's on cameo no I... <laughs> we haven't gotten that deep yet what would you erase and come back and watch um if i could erase and watch it again uh, it's a tough one um i think it might be <clears throat> What's a comedy that I love that isn't funny anymore because I overwatched it? I guess. Mm, that's a good point. Because, like, that's what it is, right? Like, when you know yeah. all the jokes. It, but there's so many things that are still funny to me. Like, I can rewatch Pet Detective and still laugh at every fucking scene. Yeah, there's, like, yeah. A, a difference yeah. between the shock value as opposed to, like, certain movies once you know the ending, like The Sixth Sense. Yeah. You, you know the ending. So you're like. It's kind of pointless to watch this fucking movie now. I so called I, the ending on that one, uh, so I never saw it. And then my girlfriend was like, "You gotta watch it. You gotta watch it." Um, a couple of years ago, and like halfway through the movie, I was like, "He's dead, isn't he?" And she was like, "What <laughs> the fuck?" She's well, like, to be fair, like they show us in like the first scene that he gets shot, 
Yeah. Yeah. I was like, he's, like, he's, he's done. Is, at the time this... when it came out, it was fucking revolutionary. Just saying, but then after you know it, you're like, okay, well, yeah. I'm not watching. That, that that's one. Of, that's one of my favorite gimmicks of uh, Ocean's Twelve, where everyone goes to Bruce Willis and they're like, you know what? I figured it out right away that you were dead the whole time. That's one of the best jokes. Matt David does it to him. The clerk at the fucking museum does it to him. It's just a funny little bit. Have you seen Ocean's Twelve? I think I I've can, only seen I can just one. See you Ocean's going through movie. like the catalog of movies in your head. You know, that's the series. I think I've only watched Ocean's Eleven. I yeah. I have a special spot in my heart for all three of those movies. Yeah. Hell, even Ocean's Eight is actually pretty fun. It's been a long time, but I watched them when they came out for sure. They, yeah, yeah that's they, they had their moment theater. in the sun. Yeah. My dad out. was a big fan of those movies, and that's, like I would watch them with my dad. We've watched mm. those. Nice. Those that's stuff. where nice. I got them from as well. My dad. That's kind of funny. Nice. I love it when that happens. A nice little family connection. Right. Indeed. Our that's dads a... would have watched that well together. Oh. I uh that's one thing I too like I think about like being like a like one day hopefully a parent, right? You know, you can actually introduce like your child or children to something that you love for the first time. Um so like I think that's the closest we can actually get to re experiencing something for the first time is by sure. having someone else and just being present for it. Because, like, that's sometimes, like, I love Star Wars. I love Marvel. I love, you know, so many different things, right? But sometimes, and it's just me personally, I don't know how many other people can relate, but, like, sometimes I just have the idea, like, oh, I would, yeah, I totally should rewatch, like, Phantom Menace. And then as soon as I'm about to go play, I'm like, yeah, but I don't know if I really want to. Like, it's sometimes the alone that. feeling. Like, sometimes I struggle to actually rewatch something because, like, I don't know, part of maybe my ADHD just always needs to have something new. Um, so it's a little bit like, I, I don't get the same stimulation, but if you throw it on, right, if like the movie's playing, you're going to damn well see my eyes are glued the whole yeah. time. So it's like, it's very interesting. It's like that start, go thing. So thought, I love yeah. starting so, so stuff. With every year I got to go through all the star Wars movies. Mm. I do the 10, like, mm-hmm. uh, and, and sometimes to keep it fresh, I change the order up. Sometimes I do the order of release. Sometimes I do the order of when all the events happen, one time I did them backwards because the movies got better that way. But um... it's a recurrence for you. I, I get that. I'm the same way, Tom. Like at least once a week, my lady's like, "Are you seriously watching that fucking episode of Deep Space Nine again? You just watched it." And I'm like, "But baby, it's a great episode. I want to watch it again." And I'm like, "I'm going to sleep anyway." She's like, "What the fuck yeah. do you care what episode you're putting on?" I'm like, "I care because this is one of my favorites." And it's like listening to your favorite song to me, yeah. where it's like, I don't get sick of hearing my favorite song. Do I want to hear my favorite song again? Uh, fuck yeah, I do. So it's, mm-hmm. I get where you're coming from too, like where it's like, I've seen it, I know it. And I'm like, I'm that way now with movies more so because I, yeah. I, I've fallen off of that bandwagon in some certain ways where I'm like, I've seen it. I know it. I don't need to watch it again. But I, like, I'll I, go I hope this never happens to me. I honestly, I hope this never happens to me because... Like every I I have a group of movies I have to watch at least once a year, and I do it, and I I like I just know that it has to happen. And like there's a thing inside me that goes, you haven't done this in a while, it's time. Yeah. And yeah. like Back to the Future, got to do all three, mm. and then it's uh, Days and Confused. I got to watch every summer. That's a good movie. Yeah. I haven't seen that in years. Yeah, Days and Confused. I got to watch it every summer. Well, see, I think uh, that's a good point, though. Like, you bring it up, it's almost like a little seasonal kind of, uh, like, 
tradition, right? I think yeah, that yeah. helps kind of like trick the brain, but also like what you said, Sean, about like the song, the so- like I think sometimes like it's the length commitment, right? Like yeah. a song, yeah, over and over and over again. Heck yeah, a couple minutes versus a movie that's like a lot of minutes in one sitting. Sure. So I think that's yeah. why it's sometimes it's a little bit hard for me to actually like you know actually press the, press down the pedal and actually go forward and do see, it. See where I have this is like I can't do the same book again. I can <clears throat> I can read a book and then I can hear the audio book, mm. but I can't. Uh, so like I read all the Harry Potters, and then when I drove across Canada, I listened to all the whole all the Harry Potters. Mm. I drove from Vancouver to Montreal by myself, just listening to book after book after book until I got to Montreal. But I can do that because I love the stories. But like I've already gone through the work of reading, and for me, reading is actually it's a bit of a chore. Yeah, you got to focus, and I got to not fall asleep. It's a whole thing, and then. Can't and relate. then you also have to be in the mood for it. Yeah. It, whereas, like, I'm like my only reason for Audible is like if I really liked a story, and I read it, then I get to be rewarded with listening to it anytime I want, and that's why I have Audible for. So that I don't like to go back and read something again. That is days, months, maybe right. that I don't know if I can give back. Get back. That makes sense in certain ways. Books is a different like media. I, I've reread some of the books that I love a couple times, but it's it's a hard one for sure. I agree with you there. Like, not my cup of tea to go and reread the same book. But there are some people who can read a whole book in a fucking day. That's like, true. My dad was Hillary, like that. I can't do she, it. No. She read like a book in four hours of like a, of a flight, and I was like, "Are you a fucking robot?" This is like the sense finger tracers. I don't know. She she just reads normally, but like she she just crushes. Huh. Granted, she reads smut. She doesn't like read like. Fair enough. She's she's not reading like Salem's Lot or anything. She's reading like something semi erotic. But it's it's that. So that's cool fair. though. Yeah. So it's it's a superpower I will never have. I gotta ask Devin, what is that lit up behind you? So that is a Star Wars wreath. Nice. Um, yeah, typically the actual ornaments themselves are all, all light up. So I don't know if you've ever seen the Hallmark stuff. Yeah. They have some really cool Star Trek ones. Yeah, where you, you press one, and if you have them all connected, they, like, do a scene. Sweet. Um, so my mom is, like, big on getting, like, those type of things. She knows that about her son, right? She, she knows I love Star Wars, so she gets me Star Wars stuff like Easter, birthday, <laughs> nice. Christmas, I don't know, labor day um so she's got me like a lot of those and it's pretty cool but uh thankfully to my cat asshole right here she decided to eat through the uh the the adapter that actually connects them all so i yeah it was too thin for me to solder so i I mean it's like 10 bucks i can go buy another one but yeah it's so cool because you literally press one and then all of a sudden it goes in order depending on what ornaments you have yeah and it does all the new hope oh neat it's really cool it's really cool on that topic um, of collecting and stuff. Do you collect anything else? Yeah, so I got into, uh, I guess the most I've ever really collected in my life has been pop figures. Um, my friend Marcus and I got into them one summer in college because uh, we just saw a psalm and thought they were really cool. And he and I are both kind of like, you know, thing people. Like, we like things like that. Um, so I have a fairly decent collection. Nothing that's like, like all over the place. Um, but I do have... Like, 
various Star Wars ones, Marvel ones. Um, I have usually a lot of the stuff I collect is all pop culture based too. Like it's above me and in one of my shelves, but I have uh, a fond uh, like uh, my favorite character in Star Wars is Qui Gon Jinn. I got a lightsaber tattooed. I got uh, a bust of him that almost looks like it's Jesus. Nice. He's doing like the force hand thing like this. It's kind of funny. <laughs> and so I have like a couple of his pops up there too. So like I collect that kind of stuff. Um, but I never really got into like anything outside of that. It's just, I, I usually draw it more towards like the pop culture stuff versus like collecting quarters or something like that, you know? Makes sense. But I know you have a pretty cool collection. Yeah, I collect things from time to time. I'm obsessed with a lot of things, whether it be dinosaur bones or it used to be, it started uh-huh. out as VHS. And then mm. it went to DVDs, and then it went to this and that. And like my fiance is always laughing at me because I'll get one thing of a thing, and I'm like, oh, I need no. to get a second <laughs> yeah. one so that I can tell people I collect this now. But it, it just exactly. never ends. <laughs> can relate. It's a it's a slippery slope. Yeah, it really is. That's for sure. I, I'm just a collector of things I enjoy. Like it'll be either action figures or things that like represent, like the like favorite things growing up or whatever or then like i'll get a mug and a mug will look like tweety bird's head i'm like well this is a thing i need yeah. to fucking own and like yeah. this is i'm guilty of that too and like life can be hard if you can look around like there's this show on netflix that got really popular there about um being tidy and neat right. and getting rid of things you don't need and yeah. the like woman's whole thing is like you pick this up does it bring you joy and I'm like, man, I got so much shit that brings me joy in my house. <laughs> so yeah. I can get rid of anything. Yeah. And that's what it really comes down to, right? Like, does it bring you joy? Do you have a good time? Yeah. And like, I like looking at these things and having them. And it's, I don't know. It's like sometimes like comforting too. Cause even if you know I have like a shitty day or whatever, you want that sense of familiarity, familiarity right? And oh, so 100%. a lot of that for us is like, yeah, like watching your favorite movie, show, series, whatever, and seeing like a little like, spider-man on your desk it's like hey man you can do anything that's what ties us all together is that love of fantasy too right where it's like it's escapism in certain ways when you put on the newest marvel movie it's like man i'm in that world you know and it's nice to be able to take breaks from reality speaking of Mm spider-man the i i noticed there was a bunch of posts about a spider-man funko what's going on with that can you can you talk about that is it too soon or is it a secret what's going on i oh, know it's not a secret uh yeah so basically uh fuck you funko and fuck you sony uh a year later with homecoming or uh, no way home funko pops all over the place galore finally of like those stuff we really wanted um what for good reason um spoilers and probably shipping and stuff too but yeah, there's so many out there. Like, there's an eight-pack that has all five villains in the three Spider-Men. Louis pre-ordered that one. Um, I pre-ordered two of the three packs of the three Spider-Men awesome. um, together. And so I figured I was going to get one and then one to give away. So oh, we'll eventually... Uh, I don't even know when it's supposed to arrive. I think, like, early January. But uh, we'll eventually do, like, a cool, like, podcast giveaway or something to give away the three-pack um which i'm pretty excited for but that's cool that's like the first yeah that's like the first thing i've actually bought in quite a while too well i i just <clears throat> bought myself a brand new i i get myself christmas presents and sometimes i get a little out of hand so like 
I I got myself a Chicago mm-hmm. Blackhawks jersey, and for my birthday, I'm going to treat myself to a trip to Chicago to watch the Blackhawks. I hope you can come, Devin, because you're there. But um, I just recently treated myself to a Hulk, but not the Hulk. I got Hulk Hogan, Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Yeah, and it comes with like nice. a tearaway shirt, and it's just like it's just like little things. Yeah, yeah, just like, like an, an action, action figure, figure so, or like, what? I have like wrestling action figures, and I have like my superheroes, and I have like my movie ones, and all this stuff. And then eventually, once I can, like, I have space for all this stuff because I just rent a basement right now, so I don't really have space for all this stuff. I can't wait to set up a scene like the way Addy does. Like, there's a yeah, yeah, Addy like, inspired. And you know what? He just sent me pictures the other day. He took all of his action figures and made a Christmas story. Like, he put the Christmas tree up, and That's then, awesome. like, he has, like, characters decorating the tree. He has one figurine holding the mistletoe. I feel a little yeah, left yeah, out. I, I would I, like to I, see I, this. We're going to have to get him to resend it, because he did it on Instagram, so you, you can just, like, hit the picture and see it once. But, like, I would love to do a thing like that, where I can just kind of change my scenery around, and then, like, create my own storylines. Like, I have a juggernaut toy... And then the four Ninja Turtles from the 90s movies. How dope of a fight scene would that be? Yeah, no kidding. It is the the fun idea of taking the time to do that. I haven't yet. I've thought about it too. I have a shitload of action figures that's ever growing all the time. So it'd be fun mm-hmm. to do that kind of thing. I'm trying to get away from collecting action figures because it's just so consuming if you start getting into it and then if other people see them then they're like i'm gonna get them one too and i'm like i super don't fucking need those so i'm trying to avoid it at this point but that's the one thing i couldn't like i've i'm surprised i haven't gotten like the uh the temptation to actually collect action figures because like as a kid like my dad was really one who got me into collecting he got like tons of hot wheel cars to uh we were really big into like planes especially world war ii to jets and everything those little model die casts yeah um and stuff like that um and i had a lot of action figures but like as an adult like i don't know why it's the funkos really works for me versus like action figures but like i love hearing people talk about like man i went to target today and i couldn't find shit on the pegs for star wars because yeah. fuck you hasbro like i love it yeah, uh this sure. podcast i listen to that are about that and it's, I it's, saw it's, the it's, other it's day cool I Walmart was doing some shopping and I went down the action figure aisle and they've like re-released all of the Ninja Turtles from when I was a kid, like 88, 89, Mm. 90. And I'm like, holy fuck. I like literally grabbed one of each Ninja Turtle and put it in my cart and there was a shredder and I grabbed that too. And then I realized that they're like 25, 84 a piece. And I was like, I have like $150, like put it back. Fucking put it back <laughs> right now, Sean. You are not buying those. I don't give a shit if they're cool looking. I don't give a shit if you got them for Christmas when you were a kid. You don't need these things. Put them away. And so I adulted and I put them back and I didn't bring I any home and I don't regret it. But it I was literally last hard. Christmas I did that Respect. with all the Ghostbusters figurines. So they re-released action figures with the original Ghostbusters. I remember and this. I had <laughs> all four of the original Ghostbusters. I bought them. I spent like two hundred and twenty dollars and I was just like, uh huh. I'm an adult. I can do whatever I want. Wow. And then I went and sat down and had like a cup of coffee and I was waiting to like kill time. And then <laughs> rationale hit. Oh, fuck. Did I ever get that I buyer's remorse right back huh? to Toys R Us and went like, I need to return all of these. And then they were like, 
why? And, oh. I was like, uh, and then I lied because I don't want to be like, I'm an adult. What the fuck am I doing? I don't want to say that. I just go, I, I lied to him <laughs> saying, uh, I bought these for my nephew. Turns out this gift was already bought for them. Oh, that's no problem. We'll reimburse you right away. Nice. I'm not going to Toys R Us going, I bought these for me. I just spent $220 on this. I have a cell phone bill. What the fuck am I doing? No, like. Meanwhile, you're talking to like a 16 year old girl who's not giving a shit either way. You don't need that kind of shade. Yeah, yeah she's like, tough. I don't really care, man. I just need a reason because <laughs> like, corporate says I have to. Sometimes where you're just like, I can have all of this. Like, like, I have adult money. I can do these things. And then you remember, like, no, like, don't do that dumb shit. You also have an adult brain that should yeah, stop, it stop you from doing later. This. Yeah. But hey, certain yeah. things you have but, to have. But now, fast forward to today, I have all four of the Ghostbusters. It took me a little while. I got that Christmas. A buddy of mine got me got me one for that Christmas. So that's amazing. And then, like, I didn't even tell him that story. And then I periodically picked up the other three. So that was. Yeah, you yeah, got to do what you got to do. about that. There was a, I forget where I found it or who made it, but there was, I really wanted it and I still really want it and I'm tempted to look it up right now. And I know I'm not, I shouldn't. Uh, it was, you know how uh, Into the Spider-Verse, they go into the one Peter Parker's uh, like underground lair and you see all the suits and like that really cool um, like yeah. setup, kind of like how you see the Iron Man suits and like Tony Stark's. Yeah. I found someone who actually took, there was, it was two separate sets so it's like, damn, the money. Um, the first set is all like action figure, like maybe like six inch, I'd say probably six inch figures, but they're all in the actual like storage things, but it's all connected. And then I think uh, when you buy the second set, it has like six other Spider-Man suits and then you could like stack it on top or it c- completes like the, the half circle or whatever. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. I want it. I want it so bad to display it. I want yeah. this to sit and collect dust on my shelf. Um, but it's so cool. And it's like sometimes like being an adult with like adult money without kids and everything. It's like, you could. Ooh, I could do it. You deserve I it. I'll I say that. I, I kind of want to. Oh, damn, I'm going to look it up again. It's good. I don't remember who the brand was. I don't, I never bookmarked it or anything. So that way it's hard for I'm me sure to rediscover. It, but to be honest, like you can find literally anything. Like, sometimes. And this is like another like bad thing, habit I have. Like sometimes I'll just go on Amazon and be like, "How much is this?" Like I bought myself, uh, like you know that Enterprise I have. It's also a Bluetooth speaker, so I rationalized that. Like rationalizing, going, oh. well, it also plays music, and my other Bluetooth speaker just broke, so I need a new one. Might as well look like the Starship Enterprise. So I have, uh, I think I have the same kind of one. Yeah. But I have the Millennium Falcon. It's like that's dope. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Fucking a! I love how nerdy we we get sometimes, and we just like I'm an adult. I shouldn't be buying these things. But it also it's that love I I, I from like when you're a kid, and it, it's that thing you just can't shake it. Like it, everyone kind of has them. It brings us back to that too, right? Yeah. 
that's what like I love about it sometimes too is like there's a lot of stresses, a lot of serious. It's like I was talking about earlier the the idea of fantasy and escaping into the reality of a world. A toy, a collectible, any of these things can do that for us as well, you know. And that's yeah. nice. Yeah, it's pretty damn cool. Do you guys have a like your most prized possession in your collections of anything? Sean, you go. You. You know, Tom, I got something that I can hop yeah, on that right away. I have a fucking piece of dinosaur bone that is like a leg bone and it's only about like, Ooh. it's pretty small, but it's got druzy crystals on the inside of it that took like millions and millions of years to form. I like go in my basement sometimes and I, it's on a shelf and I just look at it and it's like shimmering and shining. I'll send a video of it to Tom maybe and he can put it up or send it to you as well. But Ooh, man, that's like cool. just knowing that it used to be alive and that now I'm holding it and like, it's just mind mind blowing to me. That's one of my prized um, possessions for show. Damn. I, I, I know that feeling. That's how I felt the first time I held a, a human brain in my hands. Um, so my undergraduate degree is in biomedical engineering. I work oh, in marketing now. Um, different. Um, but yeah, but like, you know, when you work on cadavers and everything, you have to like dissect. And like one of the things that I do is actually remove the brain. And I just remember literally holding someone's like whole consciousness life history in my hands. And I'm like, whoa, like I felt small and also Can like, I ask, what did it feel you know, like, like, yeah. uh, like actually the physical sensation, like how did it feel? Um, you know, through your gloves and everything, just imagine holding something like, uh, very like gelatinous but yet kind of has a little bit of like hardened substance to it or like when you're trying to prepare like i don't know a, a rotisserie chicken or something like that and it's getting ready to actually get baked okay. in the oven kind of that feeling interesting um what did it yeah, taste all that like? a heart everything uh you know it wasn't that great it wasn't really <laughs> if i was drinking <laughs> that was i would have fucking spit i i didn't expect that question and i fucking loved it I swear to God, I would have ruined my laptop. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> Did you? Also, I found those Spider-Man toys again. Um, nice. Yeah, I forgot. It's it's, and that's why I know they're expensive. They're it? from Hot Toys, who do damn good stuff. Uh, I think they sell every suit individually. Um, yeah, it's four and a half inches tall. This is from like 2019 too, but it's so cool. I'll send you a, a link if I can find it. But um, four and a half inches, like pretty large, pretty huge. Yeah, that's, that's it, what I hear too. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty big. Yeah, and it lights up too. Um, I think uh, each series is 210. dollars Holy shit! The diorama. That's, you deserve it. Just saying. I, don't I can actually rational. I, I can I can find a rationale behind that. It's so good. I just it's it's just so cool. Um, but Plus, even you has, are like, a Spider-Man huge PS4 Spider-Man suits. fan. Like, like he's a huge Spider-Man fan. Like, I do he, love the Spider-Man. Sean, you look at the cover of Earth Eight Nine Four. He is Spider-Man, and then Louis is Captain America. That's funny. Which I have which a cool Spider-Man funny. collectible that I've held on to since I was like six years old. It is the oh, nineteen ninety yeah? hologram from the card set. Ooh. Still have that guy. It's very cool. That's pretty cool. It's my coolest I, uh, Spider-Man, I'd say. I don't really have a cool Spider-Man collectible, ironically. Um, other than just, like, I don't have a Spider-Man suit that I've worn. 
Um, never washed. But uh, I uh, one thing I love is like nostalgia. Sometimes like I loved the Phantom Menace so much. All the toys, the everything. I'm pretty sure we collected a lot of like the um, damn near all of them. All the Happy Meal toys from Pizza Hut, Taco Bell. I forget the third fast food chain that had another set. Probably like, KFC. KFC was it? Yeah, I dude. Think oh my so, god, yeah. they were so cool. We had them all. Um, That's awesome. But I love, I love like the cardstock, the paperback, and everything too, and like the actual action figures from the Phantom Menace, where you get Maul and that black and red kind of like sun kind of outburst design. I love it. And like one of the uh, collectible shops down the street from us, um, they have a lot of this stuff there. And you know, it's not worth a lot, but to me, it's worth worth every dime makes sense i don't buy it i just look at it yeah i love that um so uh devin uh <laughs> we got you for like an hour and a half probably pushing more i'm not all too sure on the time right now but i i can't thank you enough for coming on dude you know, pleasure's like, all mine it was thank awesome you so to meet you finally me, after all this yeah. like prop from tom coming my way from you it's nice to <laughs> right? meet you man thanks for coming and doing the show Anytime, yeah. man. And I'm so glad. Thanks for being with my crazy ass schedule. And I can't wait for you guys to have Louie on too, because oh, that's what the fun's really. Comes on, you're in for a fucking yeah. Prepare, treat prepare yourself, Sean. <laughs> prepare. I'm excited. You're not I heard talk it, a lot. he's a little he's a little bit spicy at times. I think we'll maybe have a few drinks and do like a drunken podcast, all three of us. <laughs> or he doesn't, oh drink. doesn't drink. He's straight edge. Are you drink. not listening? Me and Tom will have to do. I was listening. I just realized me and Tom will have a whiskey you're good. while we sit with yeah. straight edge. You know, and I think that's like the thing. Like, you got to be danger, like not, not dangerous, but like Lou and I don't drink, and sometimes he and I go off the rails, one hundred percent sober. That's why it's probably dangerous if we were to be inebriated in any sort of fashion. We'd be the people you have to like literally chase down, and it sets up another plot of the sequel to like the Hangover series or something <laughs> like <laughs> something like Pretty that. Much. Yeah, we're already high enough off life. That's and funny. Anxiety. <laughs> we're good. Yeah. So um, I'm sure you. Uh, I've at least I hope you've heard the show before. We yeah. have this thing where we, when we wrap up, we have our little taglines, and we'd love for you to join us in it. But uh, before we get to that, uh, can you just drop all of your socials? Where can everyone find the podcast? Where can everyone find your music? Where you can let everyone find all of the stuff, all the cool things that you're doing? Yeah, everyone, we're only on MySpace, so go check it out. You're gonna have to get a an i like a VPN to go find it. Nine Four got it right uh earth 894 podcast literally on everything all one word you can find us uh we just joined hive recently which has been actually kind of cool uh, actually we did too sean by the way i'm not sure nice. if you know that it's pretty yeah. cool it's ran by literally three people the the founder ceo she had the idea in high school and she's like 24 it's insane it's so impressive um so yeah you can find us there we're on every podcast player app spotify apple podcast all the fun stuff um, if you look for Earth A94, they'll probably find us. There's no one else who has it. Um, if they do, I will find them and I will go back in time. I will make sure that they never make first contact. <laughs> and, you know, um, way to call it back. Well done. Right. Uh, but yeah. And then, uh, my band is called Wolf Road. Just spelled like how it sounds and, uh, find us on any player. Have a good time. Um, yeah, it's us. Yeah. So just so you know, next time you come on, we expect you to have at least seen those two episodes of The Borg where they capture Picard. What season? So the end of season three and the first episode of season four. Let's uh, just I'll probably go check it out because it really did spike my curiosity. 
the first two episodes of season four because okay. the second one is completely in relation to him recovering from it as well. So you should watch that one too. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So it's a, it's a three episode arc. I'm down. I'll try it out. And it's funny. My HBO max. Now I watch one star Trek movie, right? Start to finish every time since then. And this has been probably over a month now when I open up HBO max, Star Trek for you, for you, for you. It's literally all the next generation. Like step into movies. our web, but it's all Star Trek. It, is, it just cracks me up because, like, my girlfriend's like, "Oh my god, how did you become an even big and fucking like bigger fucking nerd?" Because I got her into Star Wars, I got her into Lord of the Rings, everything. She never saw that before we dated, so she's like, yeah. "No, I draw a line." These women are so lucky we're in their lives to give them this. Just fuck. No further. It's funny. It's all good. (laughs) All right. Well, I appreciate you coming on, man. I love talking to you. And it was nice to have like like an unstructured form. It's so nice. It is so nice to be able to talk about anything. That's why I love. Like, let me, let me, let's pump the brakes. Let me hype you guys up for a second. Okay. Okay. Let me hype. Let me, let me be the the nice uh, non-Canadian one here for a second. Um, (laughs) I've told Tom so many times because he and I both have a mutual ad- admiration, um, saying it lightly for Kevin Smith and that universe. But I love the two sides of the story theme so much. Like I was listening to it going to get my haircut this week when you guys were talking about uh, um, the question. You talked about like the buddy cop stuff. But just yeah. like when it comes on, I start singing. Two awesome. sides of the story. It's so good. It's catchy, right? Um, it's so catchy. I love it. Sean wrote that, and well, I know it's like the same thing over and over again. But like, I still have the video on my phone of him just like I think it should sound like this, and I sent it to my Perfect. buddy Josh. I went like, "Hey Perfect. man, can you make this into like a theme song?" And he's just like, "I got you, no problem." <laughs> Say no more, bet. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's great. Uh, but also, just like real talk too. Like you guys are just talking and having a good time. Sometimes like that's what like I love so much is just the unstructuredness. And some people don't do it well. I had a podcast that tried doing that and it was just way too much. And also we had like four people, five people. It was, it was not a good time. Um, but you guys do it very well. And it's like, I rank two sides of the story in terms of a podcast title for anything as like one of the most cleverest fucking names ever. Cause then you told me, I think that was the first question I asked you, Tom, when you came on our pod for that episode, I was like, yeah. is your name actually sides? Cause I was wondering that, and then I, when you revealed it, I was like, God damn, that's, that's gold. I just love it. Yeah. Two sides of the story. Love it. Love the it story. Just made sense for us. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And I'm not sure if you ever noticed it, but we have episodes where we have like a family relative. Yeah. On that has, it's so cool. They're, they're called triangle episodes because what happens when you get three sides together? It makes a triangle. Triangle, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Um, but, I mean, you can't say, like, enough just applause for you guys. Um, oh, so I nice. So great. You. And it's good to hear just, like, you. I mean, your last episode, too, you talked about, like, being open. Like, you guys are able to just talk to each other. Because, you know, we had some unfortunate passings when pop culture and personal and everything. But, like, it's cool. It's cool that you guys keep it real. And it's also nice because it shows the other side of it is okay to be not okay sometimes you know but for sure. I, I i i love you guys you guys are thanks awesome. bro we appreciate it yeah. we really appreciate it <laughs> and like those, those are the podcasts i like when someone can just forget like just be real put yourself put everything on front street is 
and that and like because the goal of the the original goal of this podcast is for me to sh- and Sean to get to know each other. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't meet him. I'm 32 now. I met him seven years ago. Yeah, that's yeah, so cool. I love it. And like the it's first hard. fucking five years was like a couple meetings only, you know. And then our podcast came, and that was like now we know each other, you know. And it's funny. Oh, I actually... think I can take his best friend and his fiance on in a game of uh, match game. I think I can fucking take him. A hundred percent. It's funny, actually, like, quick little story. I I met Tom's sister. My sister and I went out with Michelle before I had met Tom. And she was like, Sean, I'm telling you right now, this is ridiculous. You and Tom are going to be like this. Once you guys know each other, you are each other. You are the guys. Like, you need to meet Tom. And it was really funny to, like, have that. You know, because she's not into our world at all when it comes to nerdy. But it's just funny to like, you know, you don't know each other, but there's certain things in us, our DNA, that we are family. You know, and it's it's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, you like uh, our first meeting, we went and saw Star Trek, uh, Star Wars, uh, Seven, uh, Force Awakens. Yeah. Mm. That was like the first time we met. We did that. That's cool. And then. Like, tell the New Year's party. What did all your buddies say? Like, that oh, was they were just in shock. Went. Like, I hadn't told any of them that we didn't grow up together. So Tom came. We had some drinks. He had to go do a thing afterwards. And I told everyone afterwards, like, hey, guys, like, just so you know, like, that's the third time or second time we've ever met in our lives. And they were just like, shut the fuck up. Like, your that's mannerisms, so cool. how you talk, how you carry yourselves. Like, they were just like, holy fuck, I can't believe it. You know, and it's just funny, like... You get that, and there's certain things in DNA you can't replicate. Yeah, it's it's so cool. Like, yeah, on the DNA side of things, like, so my dad, he uh, he was born in 1936. I'm 28. Do the math. It is wild. Oh shit! Wow. Yeah, very wild. Uh, needless to say, he passed like seven years ago. Uh, but like, I never grew up with Mine him. Too. Seeing wow, 2013? 2014. Ah, Sorry. 13. Um, yeah. there was a competition between you and I. Yeah. Suck it. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Um, but they're no, all good. Uh, <laughs> dark turn. But uh, yeah, so I like I never actually saw what my dad looked like, like, you know, as a younger person. I just knew him as an old man, yeah. um, which which is totally fine. But like one day my mom showed me, I think it was a year ago. She dug up an old photo and it's uh, I have it somewhere. I could show you when I eventually remember to find it. But it's a it's my my dad's high school senior photo. And legit, it was like, oh, my God, now I actually see, like, who I got most of my genes from. My dad yeah. looks exactly like how I do pretty much right now um, with, like, the hair swoop, everything. And my dad, like, was more obese as he got older and much heavier set and everything. But he was, like, my kind of, like, slimmer athletic build when he was, like, in his teens and 20s. Um, so, like, when I saw that, I was like, holy shit, because I never saw the photo. So it never, like, influenced my own design or like style i guess really to say so when i saw that i was like whoa so like like genes dna it is wild how much it really is like program no idea how much yeah, yeah it, it's it's so wild it's so cool it's interesting yeah yeah but anyways well, sirs we digress for the fourth <laughs> time of trying to wrap up this podcast <laughs> uh honestly Devin, bottom of our hearts happy always happy to talk to you whether it's Hell this yeah, form man. messaging honestly this is a, a, a little bit of a real talk. This is a friendship I actually truly treasure. So I do hope I to make man. my way to Chicago. Like, 
you and Louie, like the friendships that we built, I've, I really treasure it. And I, I only hope that Sean gets to experience it as much as I have. Um, so far, it's been a pleasure, I can say. Likewise. We love you. We love you both. Yeah. Love you too, brother. We'll still you. Love you too, man. Um, so that's been two sides of the story for this week. I'm Tom Sides, and this has been one side of the story. I'm Sean Sides, and this has been one side of the story. Evan, you can join in. Bye. I don't know, man. You put me on the spot. I wasn't prepared. I don't know. It's See, hard, no, isn't it? Happens all... It happens to know. me almost weekly. I'm like, damn, Tom, should... why you put have me you on the heard spot? A... There are episodes where I go, like, Sean, you wrap it up. Okay, we're going to try again. Okay? But this time you're allowed to play along. Just do it however you want, but your name and then a version of a side of the story. <laughs> okay? Let's try it again. I'm, again, I'm Tom Sides, and this has been one side of the story. And I'm Sean Sides, and this has been one side of the story. And I'm Devin, and I've been on the underside of the story. <laughs> nice! Nailed well it. Well done. <laughs> Have a great Season week, everyone. <laughs> Have a great week. Live long and prosper. I hate endings. <laughs>
for listening to Two Sides of the Story. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. Follow us on Instagram at Two Sides of the Story, on TikTok at Two Sides of the Story Pod, and if you want to send us an email, send it to Two Sides of the Story Pod. That's the number two sides of the story pod at gmail.com.